We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Jack Manuel here for the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm joined by my very good friend and the Brooklyn Buzz alumni who's been on the Jumbotron himself. We've got Justin Thomas. Justin, how are we after the Nets go down to the Phoenix Suns 112-117 for their fourth straight loss in the absence of Kevin Durant? How are we doing, Justin? Tired. It's it's about 12.45 on the East Coast right now. I should be getting ready for bed, but... Just staying up watching uh, another Brooklyn Nets loss. So, you know, it is what it is. You are a goddamn sicko. I don't know where we start. Do we start with the fourth quarter where the Nets just explode for 38 points? Kyrie Irving had, I think, 21 points in that quarter as well. You know, fourth quarter Kyrie did turn up. Did that... To put it blatantly, does that piss you off as much as it pissed me off, Justin, to see oh, Kyrie no. Irving go nuclear after being like a ghost in the first three quarters, essentially? I mean, not just Kyrie, but I thought the entire team decided to play basketball outside of outside of Nick Claxton and Cam Thomas, who I thought played hard every single minute when they were out there the entire game. Uh, the Nets and specifically Kyrie Irving did not decide to show up until the fourth quarter, which was very, very upsetting because, look, when they actually got it going and they started locking in on defense, you know, credit credit Vaughn for going to that matchup zone. But it's just it was just frustrating because this is how they could have been playing the entire night. They decide to wait till about the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter to really turn it on. So, yeah, it, it's, it's very frustrating because they get to within three points, uh, and then they have those three costly, absolutely costly turnovers back to back to back, all three in transition, by the way, uh, which, you know, I'm not saying like it's completely sealed the deal because, yeah, the Nets kind of did get to within three. They had a chance towards the end, but those were huge momentum shifters just in the fourth quarter. But you shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with in the first place. No, like the Nets were just so bad. Like the the first three quarters of this game rivaled the Spurs game. This was literally one of the worst performances I've seen. And again, maybe recency bias does stick in, but like there were just so many bad players, bad plays, bad rotations. Just absolutely everything was just awful in those first three quarters. And you know, the Nets hung around and were okay at, at different points, but 
You know, I think the frustrating thing is that we get promise from the Nets and we get little glimpses here and there. And it's just like, you know, look, Joe was okay. You know, Claxton was, was, was again good. The Ben Simmons discussion is another discussion we will have uh, together. But yeah, that fourth quarter just really sh- shone a light on the fact that the Nets should have won this. The, the Nets so easily should have won this game going in. Kyrie Irving's back. Ben Simmons has had a, a decent run of games. He was driving the basketball. He was trying to yak on people. He was looking uh, aggressive in before he ended up getting tossed uh, for you know some dumb fouls by and uh, by the refs circumstances but also just dumb idiotic stuff from by Ben himself as well but i'm just eternally frustrated by this team and i think a, a large portion of the blame should go to the players because as you alluded to you know there was a nice sort of zone adjustment from from Jacques Vaughn i think him Going away from TJ Warren was a, a, a weird decision. Only eight minutes for him tonight, despite what we heard from TJ Warren, you know, a day or two ago, saying how he's frustrated by his minutes. I mean, he think he can play more. He thinks he can play more. Though Nick was good, uh, quite smart to point out the fact that you know he still looks, you know, a little bit iffy when he's landing on on his feet. You know, that confidence in his body still might not be there. But I think TJ knows himself better than we do. But uh, Justin, I guess this game overall was this emblematic of the Nets sans Kevin Durant. You know the the experience that we've it, like had. You know the past two years when Kevin Durant has been out, it's just like we get these little mini glimpses and then we just peter off. And and the now the Nets are really sliding down the standings. They were you know as high as two and and within a game of being like the first seed and now they're, they're I think fourth or fifth uh, I can't I haven't checked yet I know the Sixers did win tonight so they're continuing to climb up the standings but I've said a lot Justin I don't know where I'm going I just know that I'm frustrated as hell by so many things about this organization players somewhat coaching roster construction GM ownership all of it in between but I guess this game allowed me to sort of experience the frustration at its fullest if if that makes any sense yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's it's a venting session, so you know it is what it is. I'd probably be going on a rant too, um, but yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, I think you know, just to compartmentalize a lot of this, um, what this tells shows me is that Kevin Durant is arguably the most important player to any contender t- contending team right now. Um, and it, I tweeted this out. It goes beyond just the wins and losses. You can just see the Nets just level of play, the intensity, the consistency, just the urgency is so much different when he's on the floor. And I'm, and I'm not just saying like on the floor, just like, oh, like he's on the floor. I mean, when he's active on the roster, um, when he's active in games, you don't see these lulls when he's out there. He's when when guys mess up, he's getting in people's asses like he we've seen him chew out Seth Curry before. We've seen him chew out. Uh, Claxton for not picking up a switch. We've seen him Even chew out Kyrie Irving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he has no problem chewing out his teammates, especially, you know, the more superstar ones on the team, because if they're not pulling their weight, he's going to let them know about it. And we saw that tonight. We saw a bunch of bad body language uh, by the Nets, a bunch of bad body language by Kyrie for the first basically two and a half, three quarters of this game. And you know what? When you're a star, your teammates and the role players pick up on that. So if you're going about it lackadaisically, if you're, you know, in a rut, the other team, your teammates really don't have anything else to go off of. So they're just going to follow your lead. Um, So that's what that's also like one of the things that really pissed me off, just the body language. And then, yeah, we talk about, you know, Ben Simmons with his added aggressiveness. He was more aggressive in that Spurs game. We saw a little bit of that aggressiveness early on in this one. You know, he's trying to put people on posters. And I, I appreciated that. And then all of a sudden it just went away. 
And we've seen this time and time and time and time again this season where it's Ben will have these like little spurts throughout the game, especially in the first quarter where it's like, all right, he wants to assert himself. He wants to be physical. He wants to be dominant. And then he just shies away from that and just, and just acts like the, the, the rim is like his worst enemy. He just doesn't look at the rim. I mean, one of the most perfect examples is in that third earlier in that third quarter before he got ejected. Right. Nets have a fast break. He's pushing the ball down the down the middle of the floor. He instantly passes to Kyrie Irving, and it was the most predictable pass. You could even see the defender shading towards Kai, cheating toward him, because he knows the pass is going to be going, coming to Kyrie, right? Ben Simmons, two, two or three years ago, is taking that ball down the paint and putting somebody through the glass, you know? But this is just one of the, the more frustrating things. It's just it, it just compounds itself, you know? It wasn't just one thing, one reason— why Nets fans are upset about this game. Yes, Kyrie stunk for the first three quarters. Ben Simmons' lack of aggression after the first seven minutes of the first quarter. The lack of defense from just about everybody except for Nick Claxton out there. I mean, Seth was a, was, was a, was a, was a turnstile. Royce O'Neal was getting – I mean, Saban Lee, really, Saban Lee is going <laughs> up double digits on you. Cam Johnson came back off a tournament because he tore two months ago. And he had like 10 po- – he was in, du- in double figures by the end of the first quarter. Like these are the things that 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 really piss me off about this team. And you see it. These things don't happen when Kevin Durant is with the team. Like, yeah, they may have a bad game here and there. But this type of stuff over a elongated period of time does not happen when Kevin Durant is on the team. No, they don't. And, and for the record, Kyrie Irving had 38 minutes, 11 and 27 from the field. I think he started the game to a 10 in, in that first half. Let me quickly yep. check. I took a screenshot. Yep, he had finished. So he, he finished the game, what was that, 9 of 17, so over 50%. Two of eight from three, six of six from the free throw line, seven rebounds, seven assists, four steals, two blocks. He was doing everything in that fourth quarter, had 30 points and, and on both ends of the floor. I think the Kevin Durant point is very salient because – uh, Kyrie Irving could have driven the basket. Like his shooting slump was, you know, offset by the fact that he was driving the ball so much, and and that's what got him going. You know, the left and the right, and he just went away from that and was just disengaged. You know, Kevin Durant has a level of desire and engagement in in every single minute that he's on the court, and that's what's reflected by his teammates because you you follow the top dog and KD's the top dog tonight. Kyrie's the top dog, and he's gonna be that until Kevin Durant gets back. If he can produce you know, what he did in that last quarter going forward against the Jazz, I'll feel pretty confident. But the inconsistencies by him are reflective of the team overall. And you know the Ben Simmons discussion is a discussion that we should probably get into. You sort of touched on it a little bit, like <laughs> I I. I sh- I silly, stupidly, sorry, said that, like, give Nick Claxton Ben Simmons' contract until Ben Simmons starts to be somewhat of a consistent force. Because getting 2011 and three from Nick Claxton and three blocks and a steal is what you want to get from Ben Simmons. You know, Ben Simmons had a triple double and is, like, tied for Bob Cousy, like 12th of all time after that Spurs loss. It was one of the most empty, it was like a Russell Westbrook triple double when he won that MVP. It's just like empty, bullshit calorie stats. 18 minutes of Ben Simmons tonight, three or four from the field, six assists, four boards. I didn't have any stocks, steals, or blocks. Had four turnovers, seven points. He is a predictable offensive player, as you alluded to, Justin, with his passing. And he is he will do things for mini stretches. And it's just like 
And I think the discussion uh, a lot of people get frustrated is, well, the Nets didn't pay Ben Simmons $35 million, but it doesn't matter. He's on that contract. Like, unless you are, like, injured and off the court, like, you know, there's guys coming back from injury, you know, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., all these sort of guys, and yes, they're working their way back, but Ben Simmons doesn't give a lot, so we only have to assess what we see. And what we see is two minutes of wanting to drive the ball and and get to the rim and you know shoot a, a, his little dinky right hand floater every now and then and then like if he misses a shot he gives away an incredibly stupid and frustrating foul he fouls his fouls are like as frustrating as Kyrie Irving's first three quarters Justin can you give me some semblance of objectivity of of Ben Simmons defense of late including some of his pathetic fouling and also yes i guess some of his screens uh, and the fouls that he gets from that are you know a product of maybe some poor officiating but i also do think he is a shit screener like I, the ben simmons discussion is one we're going to continue to have on the buzz and i'm glad i get to have it with you as well just to hear a different voice on the the ben ten experience but Benjamin David Simmons, Justin, the mic is yours. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. See, this is this is exactly why I put out this this this, this press release when the Nets got Ben Simmons last year. I said, "Yo, I'm gonna keep calling him six nine Kangaroo Jack until he proves me otherwise." <laughs> that's a, and- that's offensive to me, mate. I, I, I take offense. <laughs> that's like oddly racist. No, it's not. Just you, you you go, mate. You go. You go off. Go off. Oh, like and you know what? It's at this point, right? Yes, the Nets didn't pay him. He's still making that money. Cool. If you don't want to view Ben Simmons as this all-star all-nba caliber guy fine i'm i'm at this point i already already came to that realization that he is not that guy anymore but i think realistically he should be able to give you high role player value minutes high role value player production right i'm not expecting him to be the superstar that he was in philly i'm expecting him yo you can't give me the type of production that brooke lopez or bobby porters gives the bucks you know what i'm saying you can't give me the type of production that og and anobi gives the the Raptors, those aren't stars. Those are high value role players that play important minutes for their team. Yet Ben Simmons can't do that, right? At this point, he is get, we're paying him max money for lower tier role player production. I can, get, bro. I can, and I say this all the time. I don't know why he's just like one of my low key favorite players in the league. T.J. McConnell can give you the stats that Ben Simmons does: seven point six assists, four rebounds. T.J. McConnell could do that. Heck, T.J. McConnell just dropped twenty five points the other night. 
You know what I'm saying? And to, to to your point about the fouls, they are the most frustrating fouls because, look, if you're getting five fouls and you're banging, you're getting your money's worth for the fouls like Nick Claxton does, I can totally live with that. If you get maybe two offensive foul calls because you're being aggressive, you know, and you're just putting, you're just running through guys' chest, fine, I can live with that. But a lot of his fouls are so ticky-tack. It's like, yo, Ben, what are you doing? Uh, the moving screens, it's like, I, I, moving screens are one of the, like my basketball icks. Like it just, I don't understand how guys just can't stay still. I get, you know, you might want to shade, you know, your hip a little bit, but you gotta be set. You're six, not you, you weigh so much. You're, you're a big imposing guy. If you just stand there, the guy either has two options, either go under you, try and go around you, which would be a foul on him or run through you, which would also be a foul on him. So I just don't understand why Ben all, like almost every game gets one of these moving screens. It's just, it, it's very, watching Ben Simmons is very frustrating because you know the skill set that he has. It's a different, it, we're not asking him to do anything more than what we saw him doing in Philly. Like, all right, play, the, if you want to play the Draymond Green role, that's cool. We watched Draymond Green earlier tonight um, against the Celtics, right? He's not going to give you, I mean, I think he put up like maybe double digit points. I could, I have to double check the box score, but he was giving you double digit rebounds. He gave you, I think, eight, nine assists, right? But it's also the intangibles. It's the little things. Draymond Green can score zero points, have five assists, six rebounds, and will probably be one of the more impactful players on the the Warriors because of little things he does. The connect. You talk about Ben Simmons as an offensive connector. I don't really see the connectivity a lot of these games, right? Draymond Green knows where everybody is supposed to be on the court at all times, makes not only the right pass, the hockey assist, the extra hockey assist. Right. He's an he's an enforcer for them. Right. He's not backing down. What do, what do we get? What what positives does Ben Simmons really give the Nets right now that you can say, yes, he has to be out there. He has to be there giving us 25, 30 minutes a game. There is a, no, no. And you're completely spot on. The BS report brought to you by Justin Thomas. Um, but in, in, in saying that. I think there's a sense of apathy that frustrates, and we we, we alluded to it with, with Kyrie Irving and the, the sort of demeanor, the, the body language sort of stuff, that Ben Simmons brings relatively consistently that makes you even, again, we might as well just type, uh, entitle this one the, the frustrated uh, Brooklyn Buzz episode because he can, when he has like a desire and a bit of attitude and like when he was like yanking the ball away from Jared Allen and putting him on the floor in the process, it's just like, my guy can have a bit of attitude. He's a, as you alluded to, he's a big guy. He's so athletic. He has so much natural talent. And I think I've had a, a complicated relationship in terms of just my feelings around Ben Simmons personally, ever since he entered the league because of you know his relationship to the Australian national team. And now that he's on my, the team that I follow in the NBA, it complicates it even further. I think because I have relatively high expectations of him. I think you do as well, and Nets fans in general do, because it wasn't even just in Philadelphia a couple of years ago. It's this season we have seen him play elite defense as well as pretty decent offense. And connectivity is, is a way where, like, we're not asking you to, like, score 15, but maybe take, like, five shots, you know, in, in a quarter or, like, take nearly 10 shots in a game or you know, not necessarily just look for the transition pass immediately. Look for your own a little bit more. And I think Jacques Vaughn has done, and done a little bit job of, of a decent enough job of, of increasing the pressure on him somewhat. But I think it wasn't a coincidence that we saw the Nets 
increase their offensive efficiency when Ben Simmons was ejected from the game. Now, um, I, I think the, the Simmons-Clacks experience works incredibly well when you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant out there because it offsets so many of their deficiencies when you have two otherworldly offensive forces. When you only have Kyrie Irving and Kyrie Irving is refusing to take shots and just getting the ball up or is just, you know, just passing the ball when he should be demanding the ball and not driving, it's all those different things. But yeah, the Ben Simmons experience is one that's is it's it's like the the final season of Game of Thrones. Like you, you get glimpses and highlights that are just like, man, this is a reason why this show is like otherworldly. But then you get like a, a coffee cup in like the a weird scene where it's just like I, I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> I've got a lot of hair, Justin, and I'm starting to lose some of it. And, and I feel like I should shave it so I don't pull more of it out watching Ben Simmons and this Nets team play without Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not what you want. And I, I, I there was a stat I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, and they, they showed it on the, the broadcast, one of those, like the little text box that Ben Simmons says the seventh most, uh, he's seventh on the team in field goal attempts, right? So, I'll list the the top six. It's Kevin Durant, Royce O'Neal. Surprisingly enough, actually, wait. Sorry, hold on. Let me get this. Let me get this list right. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Royce O'Neal third, Nick Claxton fourth, Seth Curry fifth, Joe Harris sixth, Ben Simmons seventh. Right. Ben Simmons has shot. uh, It was 192 field goal attempts coming into this game. Ben Simmons shot three times. So if my math is correct, uh, that's 196. The next closest net to him, to Ben Simmons, is Edmund Sumner, who's at 179. Edmund Sumner did not play tonight. Edmund Sumner has gone games where he does not like. We've we've seen stretches where Edmund Sumner like does not play. Um, I'm just very confused because you have a guy that's six foot nine, six ten, whatever tall Ben Simmons is, and doesn't shoot more than ten times a game. And again, I think people also confuse com- confuse the term shoot. When I mean shoot, I mean just shot attempts, a layup. And a dunk, count as shot attempts. Hook shots around the rim, anything around the rim, shot attempts, right? Nobody's asking him to shoot a mid-range. Nobody's asking him to shoot a three-pointer. I mean, just get the ball up to the basket for a shot, for a field goal attempt. Reggie Miller, and it's funny enough, fu- funny because not a lot of people agree with Reggie Miller, and I don't agree with a lot of stuff he says either. But on the on the broadcast, he said, yeah, Ben Simmons should be shooting about 15 to 20 times a game. 20 times? All right, that's a lot. But at least 10 times. I need to see like 10, 11, 12 shots for Ben Simmons in a the game. They need to be impactful shots. I need to see you actually trying and not just throwing some junk up there, actually making shot attempts. I know he had a, had quite a few against San Antonio, but I mean, he's missing layups. He's missing dunks. Like, yeah, you would like the, the aggressiveness, but like you also can't be missing, missing dunks and layups. You know what I'm saying? Like Nick Claxton has done a phenomenal job to his credit of, figure out his touch around the rim right we even saw today he had a little, some some jump hooks over eight and he had a nice little uh turn step around. back yeah a little turnaround in the fourth quarter i'm like okay where's this clax been you know gl- glad he's here with us but these are the things that you kind of expect ben simmons to at least try and do if nick claxton can do it why can't ben simmons ben simmons has way more weight on him than nick claxton he can bully his way into the paint and and get some shots up draw some fouls which we saw him do this first quarter he got dario sarge three fouls in the first five minutes that is huge and that's what you want to see from ben because if ben is aggressive it gets other teams bigs and foul troubles which affects how other teams can have their rotation set throughout the rest of the game but we don't get that and that's what's really really frustrating with him 
I think that it, you, it's it's frustrating. Like eight to twelve shots, I'll take, let alone your know, twelve, fifteen, twenty. And I think you, you've transitioned us nicely to the Nick Claxton talk because, yeah, he airballed a three, and that was probably emblematic of the decision making of, of some of the Nets' offensive woes in that fourth quarter. But nine or twelve from the field, thirty-five minutes. You know, was able to stay out of foul trouble for the most part. Two or six in the free throw line. It's always going to be hit and miss there. And, you know, a, a bigger discussion could be had around him and Ben Simmons you know, and their free throw woes. But had 11 boards, three assists, a, a steal, three blocks, was plus nine, had 20 points. So 20 and 10 game for Nick Claxton. His defensive prowess is, is second to none. But I think what impressed me most was the offense tonight. And uh, he finished with his right around the rim as well, which we don't see very often. He's very left-hand dominant, but you know, he continues to show us little bits here and there. Maybe keep the three ball, you know, just, you know, in the back pocket and, and practice it a bit in the offseason, Claxton, and maybe come back and shoot a little bit more. But, man, he, he's he been so goddamn good. And it's it's a shame that more of his teammates can't follow suit. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Yeah, no, Claxton has been a breath of fresh air, and I I know... You know, we we had discussions on Nets Twitter and, you know, even on podcasts about like, all right, what type of contract do you give Nick Claxton? What type of leap is he going to make? And he's made the leap that I think all Nets fans wanted to see. Like you said, 20 and 11, you take that every single night. Uh, am I expecting 20 and 11 every night? No, he's just not that caliber. He's not that type of score. And, you know, with Kevin Durant out, it provides a little bit more opportunities for Claxton to get, you know, get the ball at the basket. But, I mean, just another great game defensively I thought he did his best against Aiden it was going to be a tough matchup Aiden has some weight on him Aiden has a very good nice post game he's got a nice you know mid-range as well but overall I thought he did especially in the second half uh did a good job of of containing Aiden um when he switched out onto guards I thought he was he was good just on Aiden as well before you get to the guards Justin that block on Aiden's turnaround was just like filthy like Aiden that's like one of his patented moves and he's just like no you're not shooting this my guy it's just he's an like otherworldly defensive player. It's it, it's great. Another three block game. I think what is the streak up to like nine or ten, 10 now? And I think we're up to ten now, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's just you know, I don't I don't care what anybody says about Jaron Jackson. You're like, no, Nick Clax right now my two front runners are my some of my two favorite people. It's Nick Claxon and Brooke Lopez. All right. Love those it. are the those are the depoy, you know, top two right now. But this is this is great. I mean, Nick. Maybe when you look at the end of the season, or even right now, Claxton's on one of the better team-friendly contracts. You know, right now with with only being paid, like, he's giving way more production than the contract he's he's on right now. But it's, it's love lovely to see um, his motor, his drive. It's it's great. He's never backing down. 
from anybody. You know, he gets into his his fair of scuffles. You know, every 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 few games. Um, you, you like to see it. You know, and and you know what the three pointer. I wasn't even mad at it. You know why? Because at least he had the guts to take it. True. You know, at least like when it, when it got kicked out to him, I'm like, mm, he's probably gonna take it. He thought about it too, and we've seen him make a three before. So, and the corner three is the easiest three to make. So, I mean, if, hey, if we made it, if he made it, you know, we would have been celebrating. So I can't, I can't really hate on him. At least he, at least he tried it. But yeah, no, no negatives for Nick Claxton, you know, tonight, you know, make five fouls, but he was able to stay on the floor. Somebody else with five fouls wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Royce O'Neal was traded for a first round pick in the off season. Justin Thomas, discuss. It's tough, man. It's tough. And I remember, I, I remember being on, I think I was on a, you guys had me on a, a buzz pod like right after that 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 too um yeah it's i don't know some like for me i think the it's the jury still out because royce did have a very very good stretch uh, i think he had, he had a really good month um earlier this season then he has games like this where he just is forgotten right 34 minutes one of seven from the field one of five if he's not hitting that three-point shot he's basically useless um on the offensive end i thought defensively he was it wasn't his sharpest game tonight. Yeah, he he definitely did better in that fourth quarter. I mean, everybody did better in that fourth quarter. Uh, but overall, it's just, it's just it's tough, right? And I know it's tough seeing how well Bruce Brown is doing out in Denver. Um, but you know, it's I, I think it's like one of those cases where you know, maybe that's just a perfect fit for Bruce. You know, who's we were sitting here last year talking about Bruce for the first two months, like yo. Bruce Brown does not have it anymore. He couldn't hit a three. His floater wasn't there. He wasn't finishing around the rim. And we were like, yo, like, what the heck? What, what the heck is up with Bruce? Then later on in the season, obviously, you know, he gets it going and things like that. So guys like this, right, those, like, fringe guys, those, those like, you know, quote-unquote 3 and D players, um, they're hard to figure out sometimes, man. And that's for me, that's the case with Royce O'Neal. Like, yes – Looking at it in the back, at least right now, it's it's still tough to see like what you gave up for him. The production really kind of isn't matching, um, but it, it he could be also just one of those guys that hey, he just plays well off of stars, and when those stars aren't there, um, you see a lot of the deficiencies in his game. Right, he was playing with a star in Donovan Mitchell, and you know, dare I say, maybe Rudy Gobert um, in Utah, and then now you see when Kevin Durant's not on the floor. You know, even when Kevin Durant is healthy, Royce's game does take a hit. And it's not like you're going to draw plays for Royce to get buckets. You know, if Roy, the only way he's really going to hit get buckets or get points or be productive on offense, if that three-point shot isn't falling, it's just driving to the rim. And even then, it's kind of a struggle, too. So it's hard. It, it, it's hard to really get a gauge on Royce right now. Um, I, won't throw the, I won't throw the book at him just yet. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things you just kind of got to see it through. Yeah, three and D player. I'll throw like maybe a new modicum, you know, towards it. He's a sometimes three, sometimes D player. Like he, he's just yeah. he's like we throw that we throw that thing out way too much for wings that are around that six four to six eight uh category, right? Guys that can shoot just because they can shoot the three and they can play defense doesn't mean they are necessarily three and D guys. Yeah, it's nice that he can hit a three every once in a while, and maybe hey, sometimes he surprises us with three or four in a game. Uh, but that doesn't mean he's qualified to be like that three and d like whenever i think of three and d i really think of like those like you know like like peak robert covington right like when he's on the sixers where he's on like those rocket teams where it's like you know he's giving you four threes a night and he's clamping up whoever he whoever he's guarding you know royce doesn't really fit that moniker right now but he's a guy like you said a sometimes three sometimes d 
Yeah. Speaking of guys that are 6'4 to 6'8, Joe Harris bounced back somewhat tonight, hit all six of his shots in the field, including all four threes, four assists, three rebounds, did have three turnovers, but was plus nine for his 16 points. It was nice to see Joe back, and he did hit for his first two threes as well, uh, just to get a nice rhythm for him. But uh, he maybe could have even had some more minutes tonight. What did you think of his game? I thought he started off really strong, you know, that the the three threes in the first half, two in the first like five minutes of the of the first quarter. I was like, all right, this is maybe Joe's bounce back game. But I don't know. I tweeted this out, too. It's like, yo, Joe's basketball IQ just seems to have taken a hit over the last few years. I'm seeing him makes a lot of boneheaded decisions, not just tonight, but over the course of the season, some really ill-advised turnovers. I mean, the biggest one easily in that fourth quarter where the Nets have a fast break and it got a little wonky on like on the wing and Joe tries to go cross court and Aiton just picks it off like he's a free safety in the NFL and it's just it's just confusing he also had another turnover um earlier in the fourth quarter he had an offensive foul call I believe like it's it's just weird seeing Joe Harris a guy that at one point was one of the most lauded pieces on this Nets roster you know you know during the the James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant era. And it's like, oh shit, they got Joe Harris too. Like it's it's crazy. And we see Joe get go off for 15, 18, 20 point games just having so many open wide open three attempts. He, those open three attempts are still kind of there now, but he's not knocking them down. And then also, you know, maybe it goes to some of the next play calling. We used to see a lot of plays drawn up for Joe Harris running off with screens, you know, some actions getting him wide open corner threes, wide open threes at the top of the key. I'm not really seeing a lot of that uh this year as a whole, but even now, especially with Kevin Durant off, uh, you know, on, on the men. So, yeah, good start for Joe. Very, very shaky, like down the stretch. And you just need more. He's another guy you need more from. And it's very interesting to interesting to me that Joe Harris and Duncan Robinson at one point were like the two best three point shooters in the league. And it was like, oh, my God, like these are guys you have to lock up and who's going to get the bigger contract. And both guys have really kind of like teetered off since they've gotten that deal i know both have dealt with injuries um but it's very very head scratching and very concerning that joe harris has kind of fallen off a cliff like this and you know even if he's just hitting threes just to maybe raise his draft stock but how many people not draft stocks i'm sorry trade stock but how many teams are around the league are looking at joe's like yeah we have to have that guy when he's not even contributing now yeah, it's a it's a fair call, and he's inconsistencies. But you know, we judge him on a, a decent enough game tonight, and hitting all of his shots, including yeah. a nice little mid ranger where he was pushed off the three point line. A stat that I did put out that I thought would be worth bringing to the pot as well. This was before tonight's game. Uh, in 17 games at home, Joe shoots 50.4 percent from the field and 46 percent from three. On the road, that drops down drastically, drastically to 34.7 percent from the field and 27.5 percent from three. But he was 100 percent tonight, so those numbers will certainly go up justin who do you think we discuss next like let's just discuss the bench as a whole you know seth was pretty positive if you're looking at the number six to ten from the field four or five from three 16 points cam in his 13 minutes was 6 11 from the field oh and i've told you that he was better than Kyrie Irving in the first half which was an absolute indictment on Kyrie. also three four from the free throw line i love it when he gets to the line Darren sharp got some minutes not really much to speak of you to what's a nabe you know at least rebounding the ball okay did it a little bit defensively but he just looks so much better with KD. It's like <laughs> KD has a, a some of his powers unlocked. It's like you you, you added in a, a superpower once. It's it's Utah and KD together. 
And then Markeith Morris was you know, was nothing, really. It didn't really give you much. And TJ Warren only had eight minutes, um, which was probably maybe the, the head-scratching thing that a, a lot of us, we, we discussed somewhat before going on a tangent, as we tend to do. But <laughs> d- let's discuss the bench as a whole, whether it's TJ, Seth, Cam. Where, where do you want to go with it, mate? Uh, yeah, I mean, we could start from the... I'm looking at ESPN's box right now, so I'll go from the bottom and work my way up. So Cam, starting with Cam Thomas, I thought he came in instant offense for the Nets, just gave him a little bit of a spark. Um, he's a guy that we know he's not afraid to take a shot. He's not afraid to go to the hoop. Love, I love when Cam drives the basketball and attacks instead of settling for jump shots. I mean, I, I know he can make the jump shots. You know, he's, he's very proficient in that mid-range area. Um, but I, it, it makes his, it takes his game to another level when he can drive to the hole, get contact, get to the free throw line. Because that, you know, making free throws also gets you in a rhythm. Um, so I thought he played very well. I was surprised he only got 13 minutes. Um, was looking for him more in that second half. Um, but overall, I think he's he's done he's done well with the minutes he's gotten since KD's gone got, got gone down, and then the rotations have kind of like you know switched and things like that. He he he's done the most with his minutes, so I'm very happy with that. And if hey, if anything, worst case scenario, he's raising his trade stock as well. But we all know what type of player Cam is. He's a guy that can give you 30 points a game. We saw that already this year with the game in uh, Indiana when he came and we just just look, took over the entire second half right we saw it last year at MSG when he took over so it's it's a, it's he's a guy that on you know if he was on like the pistons right now right like he'd be putting up 25 points a game and we'd be like oh dang like if only cam thomas had some help you know what i'm saying so good game for him moving up seth curry again i have talked with nick about this too like 16 points four or five from three in 36 minutes you know two assists um one turn he had four fouls some of them were a little bit questionable too but this is what you want from Seth. You want him to in that 14 to 16, 17, 18 point range as that score off the bench. You know, you'd like to see it in tandem with TJ Warren, um, as you alluded to, only eight minutes. Something I did notice uh, listening to the broadcast, um, the sideline reporter said that the Nets were monitoring monitoring his minutes, which kind of came as a surprise to me because I hadn't heard anything, at least from any of the Nets beat writers or reporters or anything like that, that said TJ Warren was on, I guess, a minutes restriction. Uh, I know they do have the back-to-back. They're playing Utah, um, I guess, now today, at least on the East Coast. Uh, East Coast time, it's now today. Um, so that was kind of confusing, too. I thought TJ could have given them a little bit of a spark offensively a little more. Um, but, hey, maybe they're just saving him for Utah. Uh, Utah. Moving on to Utah. <laughs> yes, it's it's been night it's weird it's been night and day the first month and a half two months utah adenabe was the the golden boy the 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 little engine that could for for nets twitter and we were like yes utah adenabe get him in three-point contest he's great six men of the year we don't care we don't care but as of late he's kind of really teetered off the three-point shot isn't there he only took one shot today and there was, was a uh, a layup that he missed no threes um yeah it's just Yuta Watanabe is one of those guys where he's a role player that is enhanced because he's playing with a star like Kevin Durant, as you alluded to. Um, without him there and without Kyrie really taking over a game and, and sucking in the defense and drawing two or three defenders, um, Yuta's kind of, not to say useless on offense, but he doesn't have that much of a bag. Um, you're not going to dump the ball down into a, down to him in the post. You're not going to be throwing him lobs because he's not that athletic freak, you know, that some guys are like a Claxton. Um 
So it, it's kind of tough. He's in a tough spot right now. You know, he does his he does his best on defense. You know, he's not a bruiser down there. He grabs boards when he can. He get he's he's got he had two steals tonight, so he does play the passing lanes. Uh, but he's just another guy that he plays better when the stars play better. Um, so until you know either Kyrie becomes more consistent and he's playing on the floor with Kyrie, or when Kevin Durant comes back, really not going to see that much of Utah. And then Morris and Sharp, yeah. I, there's really nothing you can say about them. Like Sharp came in really just for rebounding purposes on a few free throws. Morris came in, I guess, to give a little bit of a spark. I don't know what his role was coming into that first half or whenever he got that technical foul. Maybe it was the third quarter. I don't remember. But I again, nothing really from him. Thought maybe he could have seen a little bit more minutes, just give a little bit of something. Because for the first three quarters, the Nets were pretty much walking lifelessly. But Overall, the bench, not a great performance outside of Seth Curry and Cam. They combined for 31 points. Everybody else combined for four. So, you know, yes, you're going to need to rely on your stars, but the bench has to step up too. And the two guys we were we expect to spec- step up, they did. But, you know, sometimes you need the unexpected guys when the stars uh, aren't there. Yeah, I'll be intrigued to see what Jacques Vaughn says if he's asked about TJ Warren and, and his lack of minutes tonight because he's been you know averaging like 16 points and had 19, I think, against the Spurs. So that'll be something to sort of uh, have a look at. Some final little mini stats and, and a little KD update before we end this one for you guys. Uh, the Nets uh, were out-rebounded 49-34, to 34, but in, in the first half, I think it was like something like 11-24, to, to 24, so they were getting destroyed. So they did even it up at least somewhat in terms of uh, the second half. And that was the big one that, that really stood out. And in terms of the KD update, TNT reported that Kevin Durant is still in a knee brace and they're going to get he's going to get an evaluation ne- early next week. Hopefully that is a positive. Any final thoughts, Justin, whether it's on that or the game as a whole before we end this one? Did I mention the Ben Simmons stats for when he got ejected and when you he did? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, we don't need to do it twice. Let's not let's, <laughs> okay. not, let's okay. not rehash. Yeah, okay. I mean, I was, even was, if we like... didn't, we don't need to subject our listeners uh, to to but, that. But yeah, Ben yeah, Simmons it, was. Yeah. But it's like I'm looking at you, you look at the team stats, right? And obviously you can't just you know box score watch. You have to actually watch the games. But like I'm looking at it, and that shot 52 percent from the field. It didn't feel like that all game, but they did, you know, credit a, a blistering fourth quarter. They shot 11 of 26 from three point, 42%. The Suns only shot 45% from the field all game, 39% from three, but they made timely shots when they needed to, right? Uh, the free throw margin is the big difference to me. 41 free throw attempts for the Suns to 25 free throw attempts for the Nets. Yeah, and I know that we sometimes always complain like, yeah, the refs never give the Nets calls, et cetera, et cetera. I, remember, I know I had like at least two or three times where I'm yelling at the screen. Oh, my God, that's a foul. I think the last Seth Curry drive, I thought they should have given him a foul because they had just given Lee a foul on the other end for initiating contact. Seth initiates contact, no foul, right? But at the same time, it's a it's a mark of the Suns being the more aggressive team. When you're the more aggressive team, when the refs see that, they're more willing to give you foul calls. And that's what happened tonight. You get out out free throw shot by 16. Um, looking at the turnover differential, Nets won it. 16 turnovers for the, for the Suns, 13 turnovers for the Nets. But you wouldn't know it if you're watching the game because it just didn't feel like that. Fast break points, Nets 18, Suns 5. Points in the paint, Nets 50, Suns 40. Like it, 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 everything about the team stats and the box scores say the Nets should have won this game handily, and yet they didn't. 
you know, and the, and like I said, the most important factor was that free throw shooting, but it just it that's what makes this game so frustrating. They outscored the Suns 38-23 in the fourth quarter because they actually tried. Can you imagine if they tried for even just two quarters? They win the game. They win yeah. the game easily. This team, this Suns team just came off losing by 30 points. 30 points on MLK Day to the Memphis Grizzlies. 30 points. This is not a good basketball team. The best player is DeAndre Ayton. Right? They don't have no they they don't have a lot of shot creators. I don't I can't really name you a true shot creator on this Suns team right now with Devin Booker uh on the bench and Chris Paul on the bench. Who is it? Yeah. None. And yet you let these guys look like offensive juggernauts. 117 points to this Suns team? Come on, man. It's it's it, it's frustrating and you know the fear was that all right, you're not going to go on an 11 game losing streak. It's a different. It's different this time. There's nobody actively selling, nobody actively tanking. But you know, is that really the case? Because now we've gone through two games, two poor performances from Kyrie Irving, and three quarters of poor performance from Kyrie Irving. So we've really only gotten one good Kyrie Irving quarter since Kevin Durant has gone down. We've already talked about Ben Simmons, right? The defense is just not there. The defensive intensity isn't there. Um, but where's the win coming from, Jack? Like, I don't I don't see where it is. You lost your two the, the two games you should have won. Thunder, Spurs. Those were easy gimme wins because it would have made these losses feel a little bit less. It would have hurt less. But now you're going back to back to Utah, who plays very, very well at home. You're gonna go to Golden State, who is really hitting their stride. Now they got Steph, Steph Curry back, right? They are almost unstoppable at home. Right. I, where are the wins coming from until KD gets back? If the Nets continue to play like this, I just don't see it. We'll have to fingers, toes and everything crossed. Pray to every single God available in every single religion. But Justin, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. It's always a pleasure chatting Nets hoops with you. And guys, five stars if you can. Give us a review and thank you for listening as always.